This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 250 of the Dressage Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Benefab Products and EchoSketch. This is Reese Koffler Stanfield from Georgetown, Kentucky. And this is Philip Parks from Fergus, Ontario, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show with our producer, Glenn, who is in Kentucky right now. Glenn, tell us hey about... Hey, guys. Yeah, where are you at? Hi, what are you Glenn. doing? <laughs> I am about four, what, four miles from Reese. Yes, something at, like that. <laughs> yes. I'm at the Kentucky Horse Park for uh, an event called Road to the Horse, which is like the Super Bowl of cult starting in the United States. Uh, I'm here with about, I'd say, three or 4,000 of our, our neighbors here in Kentucky. Uh, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. This is the first day uh, of Road to the Horse. It goes all weekend. So this is the first night. It, it starts really tomorrow. Uh, this is a bonus day. They had free admission for, admission for anybody that wanted to come in tonight, and a lot of people showed up. And we are broadcasting Horses in the Morning live from here tomorrow morning with about 10 different guests that we have lined up uh, for tomorrow morning's show. Let me tell you what this is. It's kind of yeah, neat. Tell us it all is... about the road yeah. to the horse. And yeah, well, you said it you was know, cold starting, but give us some context. What's, what yeah, well, what they do, there's two parts to this competition. One is uh, the main part of the competition is they get three of the top, uh, top trainers in the country. And they bring them in, and they have what's called a remuda. I didn't know what a remuda was till, till I came here. A remuda is a gaggle of horses, as best I can tell, off a farm that really have never been touched. And they come off of uh, a ranch in Texas. Uh, they're well-bred quarter horses, and, but they haven't been touched. They're two, three years old. And what happens is they're brought into the arena, and these three trainers pick a horse. And then they have a total of six hours over three days to train that horse. And on the third day, there's a competition, and they actually have to put on a, like a freestyle demonstration uh, where they show what they've gotten the horse to do. But what happens is the audience gets to watch them the whole time, the whole weekend, so it's a yeah. progression through the entire weekend. And anybody, you know, anybody that's, Reese, I know you ha- you've, ha- you've, you've produced a lot of babies, and anybody yeah. that's had babies that need broke know that you know, that's something that most of us don't want to do. Uh, you know, there's certain people that are good at doing that, and that's who's here. And, you know, these are the people that are really good at starting colts and gaining trust. And it's a lot of natural horsemanship and a lot of Western, you know, Western riding. And it's, it's just, it's pretty cool to watch the progression over the three days. They've added an element this year in that last year at the end of Road to the Horse, there were six trainers who picked out horses out of that same remuda and brought them home and have trained them for a year. They're called the wild cards. And those wild cards are back after a year of training, and that's who's competing today. The winner of that will join the other three trainers and be in the main competition starting tomorrow. So the competition's going on tonight is with six trainers who've had a year with these horses. And they, did a, they, they first did a reining pattern with them. And then, remember, they're three years old, only had a year of training. And now they're doing an obstacle course. And let me tell you, this obstacle course is funny and fun and not something that any of your dressage horses would ever do. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, well, okay, it, before we get into well, the obstacle we, course, yeah. Who, yeah. Are, who are the trainers? Tell us a little bit the, about the trainers, if you could. Well, the trainers this year, uh, the trainers, and we've, had, we've interviewed a lot of these people over the period of time. The main trainers this year, Dan Steers is one of them. He actually is out of Lexington here. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he, he, he operates out of Lexington. 
uh, Antoine uh, Clo, who's out of Switzerland, who I met today. Really nice guy. Super nice guy. Matter of fact, his uh, girlfriend's coming on our show tomorrow, but she needs an interpreter. So uh, <laughs> we're going to have her on. She doesn't speak English. And then Jonathan Field is another trainer. He's out of Canada. And that's here. And then there'll be the wild card, whoever gets picked out of that wild card bunch. There's one woman in the wild card bunch. She competed, Mary Kitzmiller. She's been on our shows a number of times and is a super fun. She's super fun. She has a Palomino with a lot of chrome, has a, has a big white stripe and four white legs and is, is really flashy. Uh, so uh, she, she did very well in the obstacle course. She did well. Uh, so, uh, you know, it's my actually, we've been covering this for years because it's my first time here. You can hear the crowd? Yeah, it's yeah, here. The crowd sounds excited. It's the totally exact authentic. opposite it's of wonderful. watching dressage. Everybody's encouraged to cheer, carry on. And remember, <laughs> these horses are just a year off the, off the farm, and they're in this arena for the first time with thousands of people screaming, yelling, and hooping, and none of them have flinched. Wow. It is pretty incredible. <laughs> pretty good. Yeah. That's so, pretty so, Glenn, how did they pick the main four? How did that work? How did they pick them? I'll tell you, it's, uh, it's not democratic at all. This program is run by a little spitfire by the name of Tootie Bland. Tootie uh, started this competition years ago, her and her husband. Her husband has since passed away. She's about four foot ten, and <laughs> she is a fireball and uh, a force to be reckoned with in this world. And she picks them. She is okay. solely wow. in charge of picking them. She has run this okay. show since the beginning, and it has run Tootie's way. And you said uh, that there are like tens of thousands of people that go to this, right? I mean, there's a lot yeah, of people. Yeah, this stadium will be full tomorrow. What's it seat? About 8,000, Reese? Uh, Something like that. I mean, it's, yeah. it's a lot. Wow. And it's not That's... cheap. It's like 100 bucks for the ticket. I mean, it's not a cheap venue, and people show up in droves, and, and they stay all weekend. That's the other thing. They'll come Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Because you can't just yeah. – you can come watch part of this, but you, you want to see the progression of the horse. see the from, whole thing, yeah. Sure, I mean, yeah. It's really – yeah. I mean, these horses don't, you know, most of them, or they have halters on. That's it. I've never been touched other than to get the halter on. That's uh, incredible. They're, they're loaded in a trailer in a group, and they're brought in a big double-decker trailer, and, you know, they're left out here and not touched here. Uh, they're well-pampered and fat and happy horses. You know, that's not a problem because they're actually well-bred, expensive horses. Uh, but that's the way they do it on these big ranches in Texas. And this, uh, this ranch that uh, provides the horses is one of the biggest breeding ranches of quarter horses there is. Wow. Yeah, so, I think yeah. I would want to donate my horse to go there. I'd be like, sure, yes, take my horse. Let's yeah, go. Cool. Break it. Do a good <laughs> job. Break, please. break it. Yeah. Well, let me tell you what your horse would be able to do. They bring them in for this, uh, this obstacle competition. They have to side pass over a pole, which is, which is hard for any horse to do, especially these particular horses. They have to, you know what a seesaw is? You know, a, mer a yeah. seesaw on the playground? Yeah. Well, yes. you, know, you sit at both ends, one goes up and down. Yeah. Well, they have to back these horses onto a two-foot plank that's the size, l length of a horse. That's a seesaw. They oh back them onto the seesaw. They have to, the seesaw goes crashing down on the other side, and they have to back them off. Wow. Then, then they oh, turn them around, and they have to back them through, through a maze that has 90-degree turns in it. With, and it's two feet wide, and they can't put their, their feet outside of the maze. And then at the end of the maze, there's a great big, huge beach ball, and they have to kick the beach ball out of the maze. Oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> what? Then, oh, my gosh. Then, then they bring them over. They built this Flintstones car, and they play the Flintstones theme song every time they get to this part. Uh, they built this Flintstones car that has this push thing that, that uh, is the shape of a horse's chest. And they have, to, they have to come up to the Flintstones car, put the horse's chest in this push thing, and push the Flintstones car across the arena while they're playing oh the gosh. Flintstones music. It's very fun.
funny. And then they come and out, then. and this is this is wow. something that always happens in these obstacle courses, is they have to dismount, and they have to, without touching their horse, the horse has to load himself into a trailer what? without touching the horse. So, so they, they get off, and they send it towards the trailer. And it goes in the trailer. Yep. That's really? right. Really? Yeah. <laughs> So it, it is wild, and the audience really gets into this. This is yeah. like going to a rodeo. You know, it's very loud. exact opposite of dressage. Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> sounds like a bit of a circus. That's crazy. It, it, it but you know wow. what? It's that circus atmosphere that makes it fun. You know, it's <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, we can hear it. We can hear it in the background. Yeah. There I every know. Once in a while. I have never seen so many cowboy boots, so many buckles, <laughs> and so many cowboy hats. And tight, tight jeans. I'm enjoying that part, by the way. Uh, <laughs> now, well, you, had yeah. have to, you had a little taste of that in Vegas when you went this way. I got last a huge year. taste of that. There was a lot oh, when the national, oh, was national Rodeo Finals, right? Like, yep. It was everywhere you turned. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot well, of Well, back in track, boys. What's, I'm what? trying to reel them in, ladies. I'm what? really trying. I said, I said I'm trying to reel you all in. Gallon, there's a lot of 10-gallon hats oh, here. The, the big ones. Oh, I bet. The big ones. Yep. Did you get yours well, there? I can't. How did you get your I did wear my 10-gallon hat here. I wore my baseball hat instead. I'm advertising oh. for Horse Radio Network. Oh, okay. That's <laughs> I'll tell you something else that was cool is because we're a media sponsor. We're the official radio network here. They, uh, they're flashing our logo on the big Jumbotron uh, nice. you know, on a regular basis, so that's nice to see. It's nice to see us up on the Jumbotron. Oh, take a picture. Fantastic. Gonna, yeah, take a picture. Post it for us. Yeah, yep. post it for us. I'll post we're some up. of the pictures. I'm putting an album together, and I'll post them over in the Shaw show as well. Yay. Well, what I'm hoping, I'm going to see you tomorrow. I don't know if I'm going to, I'm hoping to get over and actually see what's going on over there because it sounds just crazy fun. So, um, but I'm looking forward. Philip, you still are not going to actually meet Glenn in person. I know. But He's only eight hours away at this point. Yeah. At this yeah. point, you could just, <laughs> I'm you could not get getting in my car, car and driving through the snow to get down to Kentucky just yet. <laughs> exactly. To meet Glenn. I did get but to see really Tammy of the host of the Western Radio Show oh, is here. Right. Excellent. So, I got to see her. It was a lot of fun to uh, catch up with Tammy again. Wow. So it's been fun. That is, oh, it sounds like it. It sounds like a big fun. Well, I'm sorry I couldn't go tonight, Glenn. We're, we're actually recording Thursday night. So hence why we, Philip and I, are working. We're working, tonight. and you're well, having a great time. I, I'm working, too. It's oh, just okay. a tough job. It's tough. <laughs> it's a tough job. It's a really Well, yeah, you guys have a good rest it. of the show. And from all of us at Road to the Horse, we'll see you later. Sounds great. Be safe, Thanks, Glenn. Glenn. Talk yeah, to you take soon. care. Bye, guys. Don't party too hard. Bye. <laughs> Well, Reese, it was really fun to hear what Glenn was up to. He's having, it sounds like, I mean, he said he was working, but he's just having a good yeah. time, don't you think? I think it was kind of like us at the Global Forum. We were working, but it was still pretty cool. So yeah. it's fun. It's a perk of the job, for sure, that we get perks to cover. Perk of the job, yeah, to attend yeah. really cool events and, uh, and meet up with horse people and, and have a good time. Exactly, exactly. Well, Philip, what's in the news this week? Well, moving on with the news, uh, we talked last week about Silver Martin and uh, Mm -hmm. the fall she had on March 5th. Um, It looks like with all the news coming, there's quite a bit of news coming out about it and about her that um, um, she's doing pretty good, actually. Yes, Um, she sounds... Yeah, sounds, sounds like, like she's doing better. Yeah, it says that she regained consciousness and was smiling and speaking on March seventh, but her condition worsened slightly on March 9th when she briefly went unconscious again. But she's made slight improvements uh, following that in the evening, and then March tenth she was speaking again and uh, you know still de- dealing with the effects of the head trauma, but doing a lot better. So now I guess they're talking about. Uh, 
transferring her up to Pennsylvania where they, you know, their normal home is her and Boyd and, uh, you know, beginning rehab, but they're hoping everything from now out, uh, out goes smoothly and, uh, and she's back riding soon, hopefully. I mean, yeah. we'll, we'll have to keep an eye on how that goes, but, uh, um, you know, wish her support and, and love and, um, and that she gets better as soon as possible. Exactly. And I think, you know, with any head injury, as we all know, um, it is, uh, it's a long road for recovery. It's so a long I think, road. Yeah. And it's yeah, up and it's down and, and, and all those things. So, um, you know, it's, well, uh, we wish her all the best yes. and her and Boyd and, and that she continues to get better. So, um, we for sure send her all our prayers and love from, from the dressage radio show. And it just reminds everybody wear your helmets, please, please, please wear your helmets. Uh, it's really an important thing. Thankfully, she was wearing a helmet and she lived because I don't think yeah, this would have been something been she would have A lot of different stories, so. shouldn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. so just as a good reminder to all of us as we're getting back on and riding uh, when it eventually gets warmer uh, where everybody is and, and to keep, keep you know, put your helmet on. Don't forget, it's really an important thing. So, yeah. Yeah. well, moving on, what's the next thing, Philip? Well, we're just talking about the Adequin Global Dressage Festival. It's uh, showing no signs of slowing down as it heads into its 10th week of competition. Record entries and several exciting highlight events will comprise the the AGDF and 10 CDI and CPEDI three-star presenting today's Equestrian and GF Enterprise LLC as the sponsors. Um, from March 13th to 16th at the stadium at Paul, Palm Beach International Equestrian Center, 90 horses will contest the CDI competition throughout the week and nearly 200 horses taking part in the national competition. So huge, big, big show coming up this weekend. They, I think they did the jog this today. It's uh, mm-hmm. Thursday today. That's so right. They'll be doing the jog today and uh, we'll be seeing um, competition in the next couple of days. I think you can stream that online probably from the USDF website, I'm thinking. Yeah, so, USEF, I think. USDF. Oh, USEF, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I mean, all the top riders are there. I think everybody's in full swing. Um, you know, people thinking of getting qualifying scores for the World Equestrian Games and uh, pair, lots of para riders there. And so uh, we'll be looking for results from that this weekend. Well, after this break from Benefab Products, we're going to hear Catherine Haddad Stoller's uh, trainer tip of the week. Are you tired of treating your horse for soreness? Well, then be proactive. Benefab offers you and your horse a natural remedy to joint and muscle stiffness, inflammation, and circulatory deficiencies. Benefab offers a variety of innovative products, like saddle pads and polo wraps and quarter sheets for your horse, and socks and blankets for you. Simply ride in it or wear it and feel the difference Benefab's ceramic-infused products make. You can check them out online at BenefabProducts.com or you can call them toll-free at 855-957-8378. Well, tonight we are very pleased to have international dressage rider and trainer, um, dressage virtuoso, Catherine Haddad. Thank you for coming on the show tonight, Catherine. It's my pleasure. Thank you. Well, today we wanted to uh, we we requested you to give us um, a trainer tip. So uh, hopefully you have a talk topic that you wanted to talk about tonight with us. Well, I'd 
there's always lots of talk, topics I would like to talk about when it comes to training, but uh, I thought that tonight we should... Mr. Schulteis always impressed me with the concept of there is no left and right. And then he would say in German, there is only straight. And so he uh, actually trained me to bend horses in a way that you don't see much... Uh, you don't see a lot um, in norm, what I would say normal or common dressage in any country. I think most of the top riders know how to bend horses really correctly, but most people, when they first learn riding, are taught to bend horses with the reins and the inside leg, and Mr. Schultz had a different idea about that. So, I mean, often you will, you'll hear people, students will come to you and complain that they can't get a horse to bend left or he's very hard on the left rein or can't get them through the right rein or he's only against the right rein. And if you said something like that to Mr. Schultz, his response, response would be, there is no left and right. You know, he would make that funny sound that he made. Very good. <laughs> there, is, there is no left and right, and uh, there's only straight. So I thought maybe it would be interesting to talk about that concept. I can tell you I got this complaint three times today So from three different riders. So go. You know, okay. I'm really excited to hear what you have to say. Okay. Well, Mr. Schultz was a throughness master. He really, of all of the top ridemeister, all of the top people in the sport, I think really completely understood how to ride a horse through from behind into a state of powerful alignment. And what I mean by that is he was able to line up the single vertebrae of a horse's spine uh, in one direction, whether it was a perfectly straight line. If he was trotting straight at you, 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 it looked like you could shoot an arrow through his horse. I mean, it was, he, was, he would be trotting that straight. But he could also put a horse on a bending line like a circle or a serpentine um, or shoulder in position or half past position, and you would still see alignment in the horse. And that means that the horse's body would perfectly align with the curve on which it was on. Now, he didn't create that alignment by pulling on the inside rein. He created the alignment by, by getting so much power loaded into the hind legs of the horse coming through the back to the neck that the horse was in self-carriage. And if the horse was in self-carriage, that meant that the horse became light in the contact, but there was such an incredible amount of energy coming from the hind legs through the hand that it, that, that alignment, that feeling, would be a little bit like tension in a guitar string. Now, if you have a, if you have a, a guitar string that is taut and you press on it with your finger, it bends. And that's Mr. Schultz didn't ever really explain it to me in so many words, but his idea of bending horses came from that. You created that beautiful tension from the hind leg all the way through to the contact. And I don't mean nervous tension. I mean, I mean a connection, a tension connection from the hind leg through to the contact in the hand. And then you put your inner leg on and like the guitar string, the horse would then bend. His spine would assume the position of the bend. So Mr. Schultz, generally speaking, was trying to get us away from using our reins all of the time. So if you ever had the complaint that your horse was hard on the left rein, he would say, why are you touching it then? You know? I mean, I, as trainers, Reese and I, and, and you as well, I mean, we, we get this a lot. My horse won't bend to the right. My horse won't bend to the and, and all we see is riders pulling on the reins, and then the horse gets even worse. They, they brace themselves on the right when you pull on the right rein. And I say to them, the problem is not, I mean, the neck and the contact only shows you that the hind leg is not pushing. If the horse is not pushing evenly from his right hind leg and his left hind leg, then the horse the horse is not going to be connected equally on both sides, and then you get this horse bracing through the neck. I, I mean, you see this 
all the time. I mean, hopefully that's kind of the same concept as, as what you're it talking about here. Concept. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of times, I mean, let's face it, there are horses who have been ridden like that for so long or have a physical issue that makes them... Um, actually, uh, Mr. Schulteich used to say that if a horse had a problem in the mouth, it was uh, an extension of something happening behind the saddle. So maybe one hind leg wasn't pushing as much as the other. One, I do tell some students, especially those who aren't really totally capable of riding high-powered energy from the hind legs, if I'm trying to show them, a lot, a lot of people will be actually uneven in the reins themselves. That's a whole different story. So I'm always trying to teach my students to, to really keep equal contact on the reins, and if it doesn't feel equal, to equalize it. In other words, if you've got 10 pounds in your right rein, give on it a little bit and take more on the left so that you equalize the contact. Now, some people have a really hard time understanding that concept, and I usually then teach them to bridge the reins in one hand. So if they're on, say, a, the easiest exercise, you go on the 20-meter circle in the walk, you bridge the reins, uh, you're going to the right, so you bridge the reins in your right hand with your right rein ever so slightly shorter than your left, and because you bridge the reins and put your fist in the middle of the horse's um, neck, that doesn't mean you brace it down, you just hold it right above the mane, what happens then is that the reins are then almost automatically equalized. And then I tell people, okay, when you take contact back on the outside rein, don't change the horse's neck. And you would be surprised how difficult that exercise is for many people. So when I'm teaching people of, of a lower level of skill development, then I, that's one of the exercises I use. And then when they, when they have a much better ability to equalize the contact in the reins and they've developed a bit of a seat, then I teach them about how to really get the hind legs coming through into those equal reins. And then bending is, is no longer an issue. And that is what Mr. Schulteis meant by that comment. There is no left and right. There's only straight. And he, he meant that there is no such thing as having a problem in one rein or the other. If you have a problem in the left rein or the right rein, it's an issue of alignment through the whole horse's body, not that he's stuck in the jaw. Let's put it that way. No, I think that's a really good good concept because really I like to say it's a symptom. The reins or horse right. leaning is a symptom of what's happening behind. And I thought you yeah, said that really bit, well. The bit can only show you what's happening. You can't fix something that's that's it's not the cause, right? It's like you said, it's only a symptom. So that's Catherine right. Yeah, real quick, can we go back? Can you just tell people what you mean by bridging the reins so everybody understands what you mean by that? Well, How do you, if you Bridge the reins, let's say you've got the reins in, in two hands, so they're running through your pinky finger, up through your palm, through the, the um, underneath the thumb. If you bridge them, you would turn your knuckles, you say you're going to bridge them in your right hand, you would turn the knuckles up on your right hand, and you would then put the left rein over the right rein that's in your hand, so you loop it through, so you're holding the reins in one hand. The bridge is then formed, it's like a handle that's formed, that you hold the rein. Anyone who's done any job knows how to bridge their reins. Um, so, and actually anyone who's done basic horsemanship knows how to bridge their reins. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, you can look it up in a book. There's actually pictures of it on, on Google and any qualified instructor could tell you how to bridge the reins. There's yeah, that's also, why YouTube um, can be a really handy, yeah, uh, really, it's a really handy good thing to, exactly. to see, bridge the reins. Absolutely. And, yeah. It's kind of like the reins run opposite through both ways in your hand, right? The one runs the normal way and the other one runs the opposite way. That's right, and you you actually end up holding a uh, forming handle with the reins. But I think, I mean, I tend to speak about contact in the bit a little differently than most people anyway, which is why I've come up with a lot of different exercises and, and 
different ways of teaching people about a living, breathing contact. I actually believe that it's the, the main job of the rider is to keep the bits out of the horse's way, whether it's just a snaffle bit or double bits that are in the horse's mouth. The job of the rider is to carry the bits lightly, very lightly in the upper corners of the horse's mouth. Um, and so that the bits are not interfering with the horse's desire to go forward. In fact, the bits should not be restricting the horses in any way. So when you have a horse who's in a true state of submission, he has agreed to work with you and agreed to carry you in a posture of self-carriage and also to accept the lightest, most harmonious pressure on the bit that you can offer to him. So it doesn't mean that you never take a hold of a horse or you never have strong contact. What I a lot of riders uh, see the bit and the reins there as a control mechanism. And I think when you really start real dressage, that disappears. The bits and the reins are there only for the slightest direction. And I'm, I don't even necessarily need to direct the horse, but to direct the energy that you've created in one direction or the other. And I think that's where true dressage begins, is when you give up control and you just learn to, to focus the energy. Interesting. So do you have any other um, training tools that you use, you know, with this concept? You know, we're looking for more, as much trainer tip as we can get out of you here today, Catherine. <laughs> you guys are all, all my secrets. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I do, have, I, I do have one training technique that I use in a lot of lower level clinics, um, which I found to be extremely helpful, but I'm having a hard time communicating in words how context should feel to a person. I'll actually have them get off the horse, and usually you can find a, a piece of pipe fencing somewhere on a farm, which is ideal for this, or a pipe gate. You need a vertical pipe that's round, um, okay. or a, a pillar or a post, a side pole works. And you take um, a lead rope that's cotton, or any kind of cotton or nylon rope. It's, it's best if it's a round rope and that the braid isn't too, you know, it's like a smooth round rope. And you just, you wrap it, um, you don't wrap it, you just put it around the post, and then you put it in your hands like rain. You put the, the two pieces of rope in your hand like rain. You step back until you have contact on the rain or the, the rope, and you, um, you, I then, you know, put my feet at shoulder width, and I bend my knees a little bit as if I were sitting on a horse. Yeah. And I show this person then how to keep contact on these two, quote-unquote, reins, these two pieces of rope, how to keep contact while I move my hands up and down, left and right, cross over the top, cross down below, how I don't allow the contact to change. And then I actually show the person how light I can make the contact on those reins while I'm still doing the same thing. So in other words, I can loop the rope a little bit on both sides and still maintain enough contact to keep the rope from sliding down the pole. And I can still move my hands around. Now that takes feel and that takes real elasticity in the arm. And I've actually had some people practice this two or three days in a row at a clinic, and it actually really improves how they sit on their horses, especially in walk. By the time the horse starts trotting, you might lose the effect because you've got the horse effect. They start moving their head around, and that screws everything up. <laughs> yeah. But I actually, a lot more motion is happening. Yeah. Exactly. They're balancing the rider around, and then, you know, the post is no longer steady. But I find it's a very, it's a very helpful way to actually teach people the feeling what a strong, strong but uh, relaxed, um, strong but relaxed contact is. Let me explain that. You have some a bit of pounds of pressure in your hand, but your muscles remain relaxed in your arms. You don't tense your muscles in order to create contact. You just 
lean back a little against the rope, and that helps you create contact. Or how light you can make the contact. But in both cases, the musculature of the rider's arm has to stay very relaxed in order to keep the rope balanced on the pole so it doesn't slide down. Now, if you have a rider who's very stiff and extremely tense in the arm, and they really flex their muscles all the time, they won't be able to do this. And when you're riding, you want a very relaxed arm. You actually, I have found that over the years, the musculature of a horse's neck, the muscle tone of a horse's neck, will exactly match the tone of the arms he's ridden with. So that doesn't mean a rider can have big muscles, but if they're flexed all the time, then the muscles of his horse's neck will be flexed and rigid most of the time. And if a rider has, has a relaxed, more skeletal approach to riding without flexing the muscles all the time, the horse's neck muscles will be relaxed. So over the years, you can actually walk up to a horse in a stable and touch his neck and probably tell how relaxed the musculature of a rider is who's been wow. sitting on him. I never thought about it. Yeah, I never even thought about that. But that's a great way to, to look. And I think just even looking at the horse's neck as they stand in the box, are they being ridden correctly? You can tell right. as well. So I think that right. that's, Absolutely. That, that's a great way. And I love, love I mean, that, that, that size actually anybody can practice. And I think everybody, especially us that are up here in the, in the cold, that's a great way to practice. You could even practice that inside. Um, yeah, if you found the, the right kind of kind of yeah, if you have, uh, yeah, if you have the, something to put the, the the rope around, that's perfect. Right, and I've yeah. never heard of it that way. I've heard of uh, you know when when growing up, my trainer had the end of the rope or the the reins. They had it themselves, and they taught me that way. But I've never actually done it on a, on a pole like that. I think that's a really interesting concept to do. That's really a great tip. Yeah, even for riders who are very advanced. Sometimes you hand them the ropes, and they find out something about their contact too. So it is, it is a, it's an interesting thing to practice. Yeah, well, I think that's, that's a, a, that's good, a good one. Thank <laughs> you so much, Catherine, for coming on today. Um, how can people find you on the internet? Um, you know, maybe to contact you about clinics or, or, or anything. I guess. How would they do well, that? Well, my my website is being revamped at the moment, so through the website is probably not the best way. The best way really is to search for me on Facebook and send okay. me a Facebook message. I think that in two months' time, my, my website will be completely new, and then it will be no problem. You'll just have to Google me, and you'll find my website. But right now, Facebook is the best way to contact me. Okay. Well, maybe just give us the website so in the future somebody could, uh, could look you up there. Okay. Well, the website address is www.internationaldressage.com. Well, that was an excellent tip, and I think we're going to all enjoy um, working on some of the things that Catherine was talking about during her tip. That was fabulous. So after this break from Equisketch, Philip and I will be back with a listener question. Glenn the Geek here. The life of horse person is hard enough, and we all hate doing the required paperwork, and unfortunately many of us never get around to it, and it just piles up on our desk. That is about to change thanks to the Equisketch Records app for your iPhone or iPad. My wife and I use it to track our horses, and we absolutely love this thing. Equisketch Records is the most thorough and complete equestrian records app on the market today. We love this app because you can track your farrier work, your dental, your Coggins, medicines, worming, and so much more. And you can get reminders on your device when all of these things are due. You'll never forget a worming or shots or farrier visit again. 
but it not only tracks your horse. You can also manage your horse shows, including individual events. You can manage riders, including lessons and memberships and so much more. And you can sync it between your iPhone and your iPad, and all of this for the price of a couple of cups of coffee from Starbucks. Search for Equisketch Records in the iOS App Store or go to Equisketch.com. That's E-Q-U-I-S-K-E-T-C-H.com. Equisketch.com. Okay, Philip, this is our favorite segment of the day. Um, listener questions. Everybody knows we love when people send in questions on Facebook or email shout outs. It's awesome. So, Philip, what do we have today? Well, we've got a listener question that we can get to. I think this is a, this is a really good one. So, um, let me just read it out for us. It says Hi, Reese and Philip. I've been a listener since you started, and I'm hoping you can help me out with my horse a bit. I'm planning on showing second level this summer with my Arab Connemara gelding who will be 19 this year. So we're going to teach uh, an older horse new tricks, hopefully. Yeah. The lateral work is pretty easy for him, but we struggle at the mediums. His natural gait is pretty flat and has almost no impulsion, which is, uh, in, in, in parentheses here, which is an advantage since in the sense that he's easier to sit for me. Mm-hmm. It has improved incredibly in the last two years that we've been focusing on dressage, but I'm sure we can do better. Can you suggest some ex- exercises to improve his impulsion and straight, strengthen the medium gates? I've been doing a lot of shoulder in and short periods of lengthen, collect, lengthen. What else can we suggest? Thanks so much for the advice and for the information and entertainment every week. So, Reese, I'm going to throw it to you. You get to, th- okay. you get to discuss the, the mediums or extendeds and, and how do we make it better and what can we do. Sure. Absolutely. So, I mean, this is a question all the time and, and this is an older horse. He's 19. Um, one of the things that I would, I, I do think when I am working with an older horse, uh, and we did talk about this on one of the earlier shows is mediums and extensions can lead to tendon issues. So they, there can't, there is a sort of a point, um, where you can't, you know, diminishing margin of return, right? You can't do too many of these, uh, especially with an older horse. So I'm going to throw that out there because um, that's one of the things that we're well, you cautious. Shouldn't. Maybe not you can't. You, you shouldn't, right? Yeah, you shouldn't, right? <laughs> yeah, you can. Because you can, and then there'll be a problem. So maybe you shouldn't. Right, you shouldn't. So, <laughs> I'm, so I'm going to throw I'm that out me. there. Yeah. I know, he is bugging me, everybody. Jeez. But anyway, so so I do want to put that out with a 19-year-old. Um a lot with medium and extensions has to do with the horse's strength. So I love, love, love that you're doing the shoulder in extension, shoulder in exercise. That was actually one that I had in my notes to do. So that was a big one for me. I, I like that idea that you start in shoulder in, that you maybe go across the short diagonal and to the following shoulder in. So let's say you're starting on the right rein, right rein shoulder in, uh, extension on the short diagonal, and then back to shoulder in to the left. That is a really good one. It helps yeah. really strengthen the horse, yeah. uh, get him on the outside rein. So I love that exercise. Yeah, actually, that before, be- before you move on to your next tip, I would say do the lengthenings in shoulder in actually as well. I mean, yeah. you, can, you can transition in and out of it, but also um, because some horses, when you start to push them a little bit, they get wide behind. Yes. And that's no good because they got to put their legs underneath them. They got to put the hoof prints underneath the horse. And so they sometimes get out of doing the lengthen by, and I don't know if this is your horse, but it's good for every horse actually to 
do more, more not shoulder in but like shoulder four that helps to get the hind leg the inside hind leg under the body and then when you do it the other way puts the other hind leg under the underneath the body so to strengthen the horse you can ride them forward in a shoulder four so don't think okay now we got to go for a huge extension in shoulder four but just you know put them in that position and ask them to pick up the pace a little bit pick up the impulsion again that's a super strengthening exercise so Agreed. What's next, Reese? Yeah, sorry. I love it. Well, no, that's great. And, and I think the other thing that we're mentioning here is a lot of people think I've got to go 60 meters. That's what's in the test. I've got to go the whole yeah, diagonal and then, you see, and then go, 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 go. You see this yeah. scrambling and all kinds of problems. Running so. and on the forehand. And, and, and don't do that. So start with, you know, I, I like to start with a short diagonal or even a three-quarter diagonal. Um, start with that. Make sure that you're riding a good corner and that your horse is balanced. Um, and then and then do the extension and then bring them back. That's a really good one. And again, that three-quarter diagonal or or um, short diagonal, it's not such a big space. So it's not like it, the horse can get on the forehand and start running. So that's another one that, that we like to do. Um, another one that I like, and I think, and, and, and she said that this horse is, is pretty easy to sit, but I think a lot of people will actually inhibit the horse doing the lengthening um, by sitting sometimes, depending on your seat. I mean, obviously we all want to have perfect seats and we don't want to be leaning on the horses and getting in their mouths. So we will actually sometimes start in posting trot. And then as you cross the center line, gently get into the sitting trot and into the rhythm. And I think that that helps the horse actually strengthen their back. Um, because again, if you're bouncing, your hands get higher or all of that, then the horse can get tense and tense in the back and then they're not going to be pushing from behind and you're actually creating the wrong muscles. So those are a couple of things that kind of come to mind right away. How about you, Philip? Um, I think that's a good point about the uh, posting trot. We almost always do it in posting trot. Um, just so the horse learns to swing better rather than speeding up, right? It's Remember, it's not about speed to get into your mediums or your extended. It's about the horse taking a longer step. Um, and for sure, don't do 60 meters. The horse can't do 60 meters. Don't do 60 no. meters. And uh, another point is to not always do it on the diagonal. Is um, you know do it on a quarter line. That'll help a little bit to evaluate your balance on the horse and the horse's balance as he goes forward. You know, especially if you have a mirror um, to ride towards that you're not wavering off of the line. Because again, if the horse is not straight, he's not going to swing better. He's not going to put those hind legs underneath his body and and really you know, push forward. And, um, and the other point is, um, the other thing I'd like to evaluate also is, is that if the horse can collect a little bit more because lengthening is one end of the, of the spectrum, but also the, you know, going to a little bit more collection is the other end. And so if you can't collect, you also can't lengthen and vice versa. So don't think that, uh, you know, strength in the hind leg is all about riding forward, forward, forward. It's also riding into a little bit more of a compact, frame and a compact way of going and and you can create a lot of suspension um by riding collection you know you think about uh passage i mean you know, the horse has to be super strong to make passage because he's pushing off the ground well if your horse doesn't have a lot of impulsion he won't he won't be able to get his legs off the ground and and therefore can't do collection or lengthening so i really like to collect the horse a little extra and then go for the lengthening because it'll teach the horse again to get the legs off the ground and to swing a little better. 
And then uh, one that we talk about a lot, and that's you know that's something that is a little bit easier on the rider is to ride poles, trot poles. Yes. Again, poles. shorten them a little. If you have somebody that can help you, if it, if it's not a trainer, if it's a buddy on the ground, shorten the poles up a little bit. Ride the collection, in right, and you can ride collection in rising trot as well. Again, to help the horse mm-hmm. swing his back. So ride uh, shorten strides a little bit in posting trot. And then lengthen the poles out and see, you know, just play with it. And then the horse learns, oh, this is fun. This is playful. This is not hard work, you know. And then the rider doesn't have to be, um, especially if the horse picks up his ears and is really kind of looking for the poles, then the rider doesn't have to be push, 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 you know, working super hard. They're like, hey, this is going to do this for me, you know. And start with three poles, go to four poles, go to, hey, if you have a lot of poles, go to eight poles down the long side or across a diagonal or, or wherever you want to put that. Um, you know, you can do a series of five short poles, a little bit of distance, and then five poles where it's a little bit longer, you know. It's all about teaching the horse to get, you know, to expand and to lengthen his whole frame. Not not just the steps, but the, think about the frame and how it can become longer and shorter, and then the horse really will use their back. They'll swing, and, and uh, I think that's... I mean, there's lots of different things. You can get yeah. all kinds of ideas from... From Absolutely. everywhere, learn how to do this. This is these are just uh, a few tips from uh, from Reese and I, and what what yeah. we think works for our horses. And and uh, I mean, but this is one of those movements where, um, you know, from first level to Grand Prix, it only you know it, it's the same work and stuff. It's it's you know, and you're only going shorter and longer with the horse. And and so it it starts at the basics, but it keeps going, and we keep using different exercises and doing different things to strengthen the horse to make the collection and the extension more pronounced, better, teaching the horse to use himself. Um, it's all good. It's all good stuff. Absolutely. And I will also say, um, you know, I have a great hill here at the farm. Uh, I have like a five-acre field, and I can start at the end and go all the way up. It's a pretty gradual hill. And I will tell you, that really is wonderful. You know, yeah. you just let them move. You know, just yeah, really not. long lines. Yeah. yeah. If you can yeah. get some space, that's perfect. That's right? even great. That's if you have it. I mean, again, it's really hard. And of course, this time of year, um, we yeah, can't we don't, get out of the ring. We're stuck in the in ring. Yeah, yeah, we're stuck, we're stuck in the ring. Indoor, but yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. And, you know, you can get creative and think of different ways yourself. I think, you know, this is one of those things that you got to find kind of what works for you and uh, try different things. It's it's one of the fun things because it's mm-hmm. it's kind of you can't screw it up really, you know. Yeah, no, you can't. And um, you said it too, Philip. Um, doing it on the uh, quarter line, I also feel like doing it on a circle line can be yeah. very helpful too. Yeah. Uh, or even ride through instead of the horse, you know, backing off when they see the wall, keep trotting around around the circle instead of you know collecting yeah. in the corner keep going and we'll do that to teach them you know we'll teach them like that they don't need to stop that they can keep going uh, around the circle line so that's also one but I've seen this many many times and I tell this to all my students when they say oh my gosh my horse is just you know struggling if you do these exercises that are going to make these you know make your horse stronger there's going to be a day that they can just do it and I know yeah. that sounds silly <laughs> but it's so true there's a day where they just have the strength and they understand and they can they can do it and i've seen it time and time again so that's the other thing is don't yeah. be discouraged it, yeah it, and what i like yeah i mean this goes along this th- this theme um take some video today mm-hmm. and then take take some more video a week from now take some more video yeah. two months from now even though you know because we ride every day even if you don't realize it it will get better 
Yes, it and, will. And and the video is a really great evaluator of that. Like in two months, you might think, oh, it's all oh, this, it's still the same. But if you got some video to look at, you may realize it's you know that you're making these little improvements. It's all it's a million little improvements that will over time, you know, get the horse looking great and doing a, a wonderful medium. But it, I mean, it doesn't happen overnight. And um, you know, so different tips and tricks to kind of you know help yourself think hey you know what it is getting better and and the horse is looking better and and uh you know different things to evaluate that exactly so we wish you luck and let us know in a couple months how it's going we would love that and and if we can help in any way or anybody we love again the listener questions and email shout outs uh feel free we're happy to answer your question on air um uh when we like it so please please keep it up so you can find our show notes and links to today's guest on our website dressageradio.com like us on facebook just search dressage radio show follow us on twitter at horse radio my website is maplecrestfarmky.com and my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com. You can find me at philipparksequestrian.com and my email is philip at horseradionetwork.com. I'd like to thank our sponsors for this week, Benefab Products and Equisketch. And don't forget to check out all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Everybody, keep your heels down and your shoulders back. We'll talk to you next week. Mm-hmm.